Where are you in your leadership journey? Designed to inspire and empower other ambitious individuals, the Mindful Rebel podcast series is designed to bring attention to grassroots leaders in our community and focus on where they are currently in their leadership journey. The podcast will share the advice of doers and thinkers demonstrating success in life and in their respective areas of impact. Welcome to the Mindful Rebel podcast, the podcast about journeys and leadership. In this episode via Skype, we'll talk to Kavon Terman, creator of Brothers Brunch and Dope Dads, as well as director of institutional advancement for the AIM Institute. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. So just as we get started, um, I've had the opportunity to see through social media the work you've been doing with Brothers Brunch. What has motivated you to start a project, particularly of this nature? Oh, man. Um, well, I have to say it has a lot to do with calling. Um, you know, we all have a calling on our lives. And, and I know and I've known for quite some time that God has called me to aid in the development of males. Uh, you know, it's just funny because early on it was minority males and just kind of wanting to do for our people, if you will. But now I find that it's just males in general. You know, God is calling me to really aid in the development, the growth and development of males. And it's, you know, with the Brothers Brunch in particular, it started, you know, during my birthday uh, of last year, 2015, I want to say. And I looked around and I said, you know, the older you get, you stop wanting, you know, material things. You just kind of want more meaningful things. That being said, I, I, I said to a few of my friends, I said, listen, if I could just get because I have a, a large network of, of men from, you know, various, you know, endeavors and careers and walks of life. And I said, if I could just get though that network of men together, because none of them really know each other, uh, I'd be doing something. You know, I'd love to get everybody to one table and to really just kind of break bread. No pomp and circumstance, just really sit down and have good, healthy discussion and walk away, um, you know, with some of my, my friends and colleagues and, and cohorts just knowing one another and being able to kind of connect. And that launched, uh, unbeknownst to me at the time, that launched the Brothers Brunch. Wow. So even with that, what are your, you know, I'm, I'm looking at where it's at now, where you kind of see it evolving, um, where do you see it later on down the line? Man, you know, it, it's blowing my mind. And the thing is, is I think most, when you look at life, sometimes the only way to grow is to let go. Uh, I think we're, we're control freaks, uh, particularly, you know, and that's, I don't want to get too deep, but a lot of people are, are afraid of success, are afraid of leadership, are afraid of, you know, um, when shots are fired, uh, being able to be the, fir the first in line to take the bullet, you know what I mean? Um, but, but, but we love the glory, you know what I mean? But, but nobody really wants to kind of uh, go through the story, if you will. So that's an interesting question in that I, I've let go and I'm allowing it organically to get to a place that, um, you know, even that continues to blow my mind. So I, I never thought that I would want this to be um, a 501, mm. but now we're going in, a, in that direction. Uh, I never thought that it would get to the point where, uh, you know, I've been raising money in my, in my everyday career for over 13 years. And now I'm starting to raise money for my own initiatives and my own organization uh, just because we've taken it to the next level. You know, recently uh, for Christmas, on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 
uh, I got the brothers together and we did a brothers brunch, but we did a give back edition where we we went into a men's shelter and we put on the same caliber of a brothers brunch at a men's mission and to see how meaningful and grateful the the brothers were uh, for us to go in and, and really give them family style meal and sit and break bread with them and not just not just you know put a slop of food on a on a plate and say you know we just gave back but to really from from it ran the gamut from beginning to end we went out and purchased the food we prepared the food we presented the food and when you when you ask about next level uh there's a mix of it being organic and just allowing uh it to move in the direction that 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 god would want it to move and also strategic and saying you know this is great but i want to be able to expose uh other brothers in other states to the same things that you know i've exposed brothers in to date brothers from atlanta miami philadelphia dc uh and maryland and delaware um too so just taking it to the next level but allowing it to both organically evolve as well as uh using some strategic initiatives to make sure that we can uh build systems along the way and so it, as you were kind of answering that, you started to kind of scrape one. I feel like, you know, not knowing you personally, I kind of know how you would answer this question, but um, you started to scrape on like how you define leadership. So with that, how do you define leadership? Um, just in <laughs> general. Well, yeah. Well, to me, and, and, you know, I hate to go there, but leadership is probably the one, one of the most unsexiest words in my vocabulary, yet the most honorable and rewarding. Um, leadership, by my definition, is, is being able to take accountability and responsibility. And I repeat that. It's being able to take accountability and responsibility and the ability to recognize that fair does not always mean equal. Uh, you know, I've had an opportunity to lead both personally as well as professionally. And I'll tell you that, you know, leadership to, to people outsiders looking in tends to be something that's really um that's really, it's a real sexy word. You know, they see you in front of people. They see you presenting. They see you, uh, you know, getting the big office, so on and so forth. But it's rare that people want the responsibility that comes with that. So that's why I say leadership is, you know, the only two words that comes down to it is responsibility and accountability, which are one, one and the same, depending on how you define them, the two. But, you know, yeah, I always have, I always have to ask myself, do people really want to be successful? And how do people define success? And and are you willing to put the work in uh, behind it? But leadership, man, is, is something that I study. And I think that most people, you know, be it the hidden curriculum where you you, you inadvertently study it uh, just by, by how you kind of matriculate throughout life or literally study it and study the, the different types of leadership styles. And I mean, I've gotten to the point in my life where, you know, I can interview for a job and know within the first 20 seconds what this person's leadership style is and whether or not I can work with them and whether or not they can work with me or whether or not I can't work with them or don't think that I can work with them based off of their personalities and their leadership styles. But because I've been through so many things, now I know how to deal with the person. So, so I can go into a situation knowing that it's going to be a challenging situation, but leadership and, 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 and my ability to be able to, you know, work with any type of person is so vital 
I mean, leadership, I, I can talk all day about it, but really it comes down to taking accountability and taking responsibility. And and if when you think about what comes along with uh, being at the head or at the, you know, at the f- forefront of any initiative, you're going to have your highs and your lows, and it's always going to be behind the scenes. And when it comes down to it, everybody doesn't really want to have to deal with that. You know, so, so it's funny, Sean, you, you talk about what is displayed on social media, but I say often, you don't, you know my life by what you see, but you don't really know my life. Mm-hmm. Like I only give you, because it's strategic, <laughs> I only give you what feels good. It's all about, you know, think about it. When you're creating your brand, you're not going to put out there all the roadblocks. Absolutely. That's not, people don't want to see that. They don't want to hear it. And it's daunting. And people don't like daunting. They love success stories. So if you if you want to put out something that's daunting, then you got to say, but still I rise. You know, but, you know, but God. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. always have to do the but. But people don't really want to know how how hard the grind is in order to really make something successful. So you don't know that I lose money with Brothers Brunches most of the time because I'm building something. But I know that it's par for the course because in order to build something, you have to, any money that you do get, you got to put it back in until it gets to a point where the brand is so strong that people are paying to be a part. But you don't know the sacrifice that it takes to say, listen, I'm willing to put my own money up to make sure that the experience is great. You know, the Brothers Brunch focuses on culture, cuisine, connection. It's 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 expanding your palate on so many different levels, both, you know, with food as well as in general. You know, a, a, a play on words, if you will, with regards to palate, just really expanding your mind with regards to new environments, new people, new foods, and an overall great experience where you can connect with others that you would otherwise you would never have said you were to and so i you know i'm I'm loving how you're conceptualizing this whole idea of leadership because you're right um and especially you know social media i think you know i feel like social media is to blame for a lot of things but with this you know (laughs) social media um in general folks only post you know the glamorous and happy uh, up upbeat side of things and you're right you know there is a side of leadership that that I think as leaders, we probably have to do a better job at showcasing that. Yes, I've I've reached this level. I've you know I've arrived at this point. I've done this, um, but it wasn't a cakewalk. It wasn't uh, you know a, a linear path. There were a lot of things that kind of happened. So in your roles in leadership and leadership and the things that you know you've had a, a you know just giving you praise, you've had a pretty awesome career. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Um, what have you done i guess to allow the folks around you to kind of see both sides of leadership in a way to kind of help people um develop themselves so so i can understand your question correctly you're saying uh what have i done or said in my career that gives people the perspective of both sides yeah the good and the bad yeah (laughs) well i think i think transparency is important Mm -hmm. i think that uh you know it's is is not kind of you know what happens to you is kind of how you react to it. Um, I think that being open and honest about the journey and how that's not always going to be you know something that's glorified, uh, but but really being an advocate as well. You know, being it's one thing to be a leader, but let's 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 be honest. There's we live in a 
ageism is real. And, and I think my struggle in particular is, is knowing that there's something great that was put in me and knowing that it has to be birthed and knowing that society has changed. And, and, and this is so deep, Sean, because when you look at the leaders back in the day, you know, how many people know how old Martin Luther King was when he started? You know what I mean? Like, how many people know how old, you know, certain people, like, these these major leaders were? You know, let, let's not take it back to biblical days, you know, when you talk about uh, Timothy and, and, and Paul in the Bible and saw all those individuals that did some amazing things. There wasn't necessarily, the ages were young, <laughs> you know? The ages were under 35. And and now we, I found, find myself in situations where I'm a vice president um, at a at a college, and I'm making under, you know, seventy five thousand dollars. When I know that if 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 I were ten years older, I would be making one hundred and twenty. Mm. And 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 so so come on, if we want to have this conversation, let's have the conversation. You know, because oftentimes we're taught that we can't talk about salary, we can't, you know, uh, we can't talk about. Uh, things that go on in our house, you got to stay in our house. But, you know, I think to answer your question directly, it's about being an advocate for, for, so, so I had to fight. Like when I'm in a certain situation, I had to fight, but I had to fight harder, but I had to fight knowing that when and if I win this battle, it's not going to benefit me. It's going to benefit people that come after me. Mm. And that's, that's the difference in the mentality. It's like, if you think about the leadership particularly back in the day, it's like those individuals fought so that we can kind of walk into certain things and certain privileges, so on and so forth. But now, it, the generations have changed. So it's the media gratification. It's, it's, it's selfish. It's, you know, I want this for all the wrong reasons, because of the title, because of this, because of that. But when, when it really comes down to it, the way that I help and the way that I'm able to show people both sides of it is to be transparent and to say, listen, you know, yeah, I might be a vice president or a director of institutional advancement, so on and so forth, but let's be very clear. We still have a lot of work to do, and the only way that I can help kind of, you know, change the game is by hiring people who look like what I used to look like and, mm. and, and giving people the opportunity and being able to mentor and being able to be different than everybody else. You know how many times when I was looking for a job, somebody said, oh, just send me your resume. Or, oh, yeah, I get things that pass my desk all the time. Send me send me your, your information. And I never heard from them. And, and I did my due diligence. I, I followed up. I stayed on top of them. So what I do is I try to be transparent, but I try to be I try to take accountability on both ends. If, if I say I'm going to help you or try to help you or try to open the door or try to at least walk you to the door, because sometimes you can't walk everybody through the door, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. I'm going to be a man of my word. I'm going to have integrity. And, and oftentimes we... You and I, we get to places where, are, 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 you know, I appreciate you saying that, you know, my career has been been good because I, I think I have been blessed. But let's be very clear. We get to these places and we're there. And, and, and it's almost like it's only room for us. And there's no, there's no room for anyone else. And I think it's important for us to say, you know, listen, a few of us, it's room for a few of us at this table. Now, everybody's not ready to be there, so you have to use your discernment. But I think it's important to always reach back. You know, it's the, the spirit of Sankofa, you know, return and fetch it. Like, you got you to gotta reach back and say, listen, I want to bring my team. Do you think culturally, do you think that, you know, being African-American, do you think that we do that enough? I mean, 
when I look at other cultures, I see the grind. I see, you know, call it nepotism, call it what, it, what you want, but I see where, you know, they're building a legacy of, of, of nurture and helping one another. Whereas when I look at my own culture, sometimes I'm, I'm left disappointed because one or two of us may, or, may arrive, quote unquote, um, but we're not necessarily helping anybody else get there or at least giving them the tools that they need to be successful because that's a whole nother story of, of, of how you help because yeah. everybody's not ready for, boom, the opportunity. But a lot of people need the education. They need to know kind of your story. They see the glory, but they need to know that, listen, I grind. I grind. I did everything that I was supposed to do, but I grind. I, I, back offices, I was told I was too young, but I grind. I was told, like, straight up, you have time. I, I, I was, I, I, I literally was over at the, a whole department at Lincoln University as the interim vice president for institutional advancement, and I had five open positions. Five open positions, which meant that I was doing the job of six people, making under $100,000 a year. Where does that happen? Wow. Yeah. But again, when we go back to social media and how powerful of a tool it is, there's no one that knows me that it would ever have been able to see through or get that from the way I post about my school, from the way I represented my school. You know, like no one, that that's the part that never makes the headlines because at the end of the day, you know, you have to, we have to be careful as to how we use this tool and how counterproductive it can be, you know? So from an emotional, you know, and I don't want to take this conversation in another direction, but uh, people oftentimes when you're being groomed, particularly as a young professional, you're often told, and I'm not sure if you were ever told this song, but take the emotion out of it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, okay. At first you're like, yeah, take the emotion out of it. Just, just deal with facts. But then when you think about it, like, what is more emotional than I, I spend more time with people at work than I do with people at home? Yeah, I just like, get out my head. I was just about to say it. I said we're yo. there more, especially in these salary positions where it's not a, a clean cut forty hours a week. We are there Come more. On, man. Yeah. Come on, like, and, and people like you and I, where okay, you can give me nine to five, but honestly, I'm going to be there to the work gets done because that's because I take pride in what I do. <laughs> you see what I'm mm. saying, like. It's what's more emotional about what's tied to my paycheck, which which helps me take care of my family. But sure, I'll take the emotion out of it. <laughs> I'll take the emotion out of it. I'll stop there. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. Because you already know I can go on and on about it. <laughs> so with that, that, you know, thank you. And, and I, I said this in one of my last podcasts, too, is that I don't know. It's meant for me. That I think it's meant for me to do this and then having the guests when I have the guests, because it's like every guest I get at the point I'm interviewing them, they are speaking something to me too, um, to a current awesome. situation. Um, so I thank you for 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 what you just you know mentioned about, um, I guess looking at the unsexy side of leadership, and then also you know being in a space where you just have to advocate and fight, you know, and 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 understanding that it's not. The outcome might not be for you, but it, it might be for the next person that steps behind you. So I, I appreciate that because that is no, something so, I need so to listen, hear. Listen, listen, that is, but that is so key when you think about it, man. Because like, think about how, how selfish a lot of us are, you know. Because think about it, your life, a lot of it, you know, you we all we, we all want to get to a certain point, 
but think about how self unselfish you have to you know or selfless rather you have to be to to really want to fight a fight that doesn't necessarily want that won't necessarily benefit you i mean that's that that's the difference so when we talk about to bring this conversation full circle when we talk about leadership i mean it's very selfless in in, in so many ways because simultaneously you have to move an organization forward you have to you have to literally know those whose efforts that you manage. And when I say no, I mean know their goals, know where they want to be, be able to performance manage them, be able to take them to the next level, and be able to build a team that when when your day comes where you exit stage left, there's a succession plan. Come on, Doc. Like this there's, there's so many layers to leadership that it's not even funny, but it's it's important to be able to move that organization forward simultaneously. Uh, developing people, which is which is a job in and of itself, and still have integrity and be able to be professionally groomed yourself. Like it's a lot, it's a lot. But you know, again, we all need that refresher, right? Yeah, we do. So pulling out, you know, and this is ringing for you know thinking about how you broke leadership down to accountability and responsibility. Um, and, and this is also probably coming off of me freshly seeing Fences because that movie, you know, I, I read the play in, in, in high school, but, you know, that movie just plays a lot with fatherhood and, and what that looks like. Um, so thinking about Dope Dads, how has that, I guess, further shaped your view on fatherhood? Um, yeah, in general. <laughs> wow. So that was fully loaded. Um, I mean, you can't, you can't mention, good brother, you can't mention fences and not expect me to like want to expound upon that. Um, and, and, and then Dope Dads in the same sentence. So I, I'll, I'll leave with the latter. Uh, Dope Dads, it was an initiative that really, you know, um, it's funny. What most people don't know is that I have a master's in the science of reading. Um, I don't know a lot of black men who have a master's in the science of reading. But what I will say is um, I've always been intrigued with reading, literacy, so on and so forth. And uh, go figure, I actually work for a school now that um, deals with uh, children who learn differently. Um, and it's, uh, you know, largely based on literacy. So that being said, uh, when I got my master's, a lot of uh, the reports and, you know, research papers that I would do were revolved around literacy and uh, fatherhood. Um, fatherhood. I, I wanted. I, I've always dreamt of being a dad, and how dope that would be. And I think it. You know, again, this might be another podcast, but <laughs> I think it all. It all goes back to my father um, being able to put my hands on my father and being able to go to see him and know where he lives and know his phone number, but not really having him present. And 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 I think uh, that that desire and that need to want that desire for more of a relationship with my dad uh, really sparked dope dads because, you know, I feel like uh, fatherhood is the greatest gift that I, I've ever been given. And, of course, people say, well, what about your wife? This and that. Yes, all of that's great. But, you know, it's when you talk about, and this is how it all correlates, when you talk about accountability and responsibility and, and, and what you, like, what you're charged to do over this young mind, you know what I mean, um, or young minds, it's just, it's so huge, it's so big, think about like, think about all the things you have to do in life, and think about how I talk about developing people on a team, 
this it, this responsibility is much greater where you're able to really really um, mold and shape the mind of someone that will be with you for the rest of your life like literally the person that they become you actually at some point sit back and take responsibility for that mm. like my mom used to always say your behavior reflects on me now what does that mean like when I go out in school and I act a fool then nine times out of ten those teachers will say I, I wonder like who his parents are because how, how can he come here and act this way if he comes from good stock they may not ever say it but they're thinking it so I mean when you say that man it's, it's fully it's fully loaded and, and, and think about fences um, if, if I may do I have the time oh yeah you're fine brother like so having been an English major <laughs> in undergrad and uh, just you know the symbolism and the foreshadowing and the I mean I can I can go for days in terms of like I never watch any film any like I, I watch films differently I'm very analytical and I'm breaking things down and looking at all the subliminals and so on and so forth and um, you know it's it's just so funny how I love fences one because you'll you'll never find another actor like Denzel Washington like you'll never find someone who did a million monologues Literally, he could have probably did the whole movie by itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like he, I think one time he talked for over like 10 minutes straight, and I was just like, wait. <laughs> Everybody else is just shaking their head and nodding their head. But like it, it held you, though. It held you. It, it, this is what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's you know, it's the difference between, you know, well, I don't, I don't want to go there. But look, <laughs> it was a great, great movie, great play, but it was great writing. Mm -hmm. Like, when, when, you, when you look at just... Um, the, the notion of fatherhood there and but 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 also like community and and this this notion of like um i don't think anybody picked up on it but um in our community we share uh like you know it, it kind of goes back to the brothers brunch so it's, it's all family style and we're eating off like this out of the same bowl out of the same plate it goes back to when i lived in africa and we would eat fufu and, and kinke and you know, all types of food, we would all eat from the same bowl. It's this sense of community. And, 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 and while it was, they may have been in the yard and they were all passing the same gin around, mm -hmm. right? And I don't want to give away too much of the movie, but, like, everybody else probably saw that as, okay, that's, you know, they just they just having a drink. But I saw it as, like, our lips are t touching the same glass. Nobody's thinking anything crazy, right? Right. We're, we're all taking and, and, and before we ever drink what we do we spill a little to the ancestors and he did he did it <laughs> we pay we pay homage mm -hmm. you know what i mean to those that came before us and never made it made mention of it though just did it so i'm just wondering like did anybody catch those things because to me that was so the the father and the oldest son the, the father didn't see eye to eye with anybody let's be very clear but the father and the oldest son um that was the one opportunity where they were able to laugh, joke, and really be kind of on the same page was when they were in a circle. And that was their, where, where they could meet. Toe-to-toe -to -toe was where that drinks, right? Yeah. So if you want to have a drink with me. And culturally, you know, that happens so much in our society where, you know, fathers aren't able to connect with their young people because the way that they connect 
is in such a different way that if you don't meet them where they are, you'll never make a connection with them. Yeah. Now, come on. Like, that, to me, that resonated with me because my father is a drinker. I'm not necessarily a drinker. Now, will I have a drink here and there, or have I had a drink here and there? Absolutely. I had to be honest about that. But, like, my father was the go home at night, drink a 40. Now, my my half-brother was able to connect with my father because he'll sit at the table, have a cigarette, and have a drink with my dad. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And, and my needs are different. And, and 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 I think fatherhood and that that this whole notion of taking responsibility and accountability is tapping into each child in a different way. Like the way I deal with my daughter and the way I deal with my son are two totally different ways, but I love them the same. But my son and I hit the barbershop every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Literally. That's what I'm committed to doing. Like, if he's not going to remember anything else, he's going to remember that this is our time, he and I. My daughter and I do date nights here and there. But you got to connect. And that movie, man, Fences, were was so, you know, literally, when you when you think of, of building a fence and how it takes... <laughs> It takes a long time to to, to to build it and actually get it up. But the process is what I focus on. Like all all that it took, you know, most of the movie took place in the freaking yard. Yeah. And knowing that you got, you know, like it, knowing how we, we project a lot of our own issues onto our kids because of what we were able to do, what we were able to not do. And, and how many, it was just, bruh, the, the, the movie was phenomenal, and it was so many layers, but it, it, it definitely will spark conversations to years to come. For those who have never, would have never read or looked at the play, to be honest with you. Yeah, and it, it was insane. interesting that right afterwards, like me and my, me and my partner and um, some of his friends went, and afterwards, we, we it, it took to the next day for us to really fully sit down because we had to process it ourselves. It was heavy before it we could heavy, actually. Bro. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was heavy, like, and, and I don't, nothing goes unnoticed. See, the the fact that our women are so, like, formidable. Like, I mean, women women for years historically have always picked up the pieces and dealt with craziness, and and did it with style and grace. Absolutely. Like, like this woman, she was only running down the street to the to the grocery store. She had the baby fully bundled, and she was fully dressed. Now, think about our, our, our society now. If you're just running to the store, you might have a, a headscarf. You might have on your Ugg boots and some sweatpants or some tights. But when you think about society and how things have changed, and, and a lot of this um, dovetails with, with the Brothers Brunch, you know, uh, the, I always have genres in my, in, my, in my mind in terms of um, themes and things of that nature, but... Like the 1920s was an era that was just like so dope to me because I feel like back in the day, we couldn't afford to just go out the house looking a certain way. We already had so much stacked against us. You know what I mean? That we we put on every time we left that house, we put on. But now you fast forward 2016, we kind of do what we want to do yeah. and how we want to do it. Not realizing that this would have never been something we would have done back in the day because perception was important and being able to like really put on and 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 and, and represent us as a culture 
that was really important to us. And I, I'm looking at the movie and I'm like, wow, like, I love this. I love every, all the little and the big things done well, I absolutely love. But I noticed everything and, and, and it's still blowing my mind. It's one of those movies that, okay, now I gotta watch it again. Yeah, that's what I, I said. It has to be purchased and like, you gotta sit in the house and really just kinda dissect it and be able to digest absolutely. it in your own space. I mean, deals with friendships, fatherhood, relationships, you know, infidelity. I mean, think about, you know, how many men who are pillars in the community, who are doing well on the job, who have the big house, but who have double lives. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like have have whole other lives, whole other women. And, and, and think about, you know, how many people um, have have um, kids who have grown up in their households that are very much a part of their family that are kids of other kids within the family. But you you would never know who their real mother or father is because culturally, we just get it done. Yeah, it's like, you know what? We do what's best. Somebody got to take care of this child. It, it, don't matter. Care of child. it doesn't matter the circumstances. Somebody has it to raise the child. Circumstances. And in a way, that's such a teachable moment for us. Um, but in a way, it it's it, it's layered with, with uh, it's such a heavy, thick layer of um, you know, I just wish we can all get genograms done and really break down the history of our families and, and the reoccurring themes and things that happen, be it child molestation, be it alcoholism, be it, you know, infidelity, uh, adultery, so on and so forth. It just, all of that shapes who we are as individuals, but then we wonder why we have angry men and angry women walking around. Uh, nobody's taking the time to really understand why they're hurting because hurt people hurt people no you know we can keep going for days it's like you know uh, I'm gonna... we, but these but look someone the crazy thing is these are the conversations we would have in your office right circa circa you know what seven years ago yeah like these are the conversations we would just have in general um and it's heavy man but this is the thing like i feel like as men we're called to such a higher purpose man and, and we and that's the purpose of the brothers brunch in all honesty is to sit at the table and have these conversations unfiltered and being able to come to the table and get different perspectives and not walk away wanting to fight, but walking away saying, listen, you know what? That was, that was heavy, but I'm a changed person because of it. So I appreciate your conversation. Yeah. So what we're going to do, we're going to transition over to the rapid fire questions before we wrap up with the interview. Um, yeah. So the first one is, uh, do you prefer reading books or watching movies? Oh, man. So reading books just because it's kind of the core of who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, it's, it's hard. I would take probably both because I, I love losing myself in the theatrical piece of just sitting back and, and not doing the work, if you will. Movies allow you to um, movies will tell you the story. Reading, you have to kind of uh, put yourself in the setting. It takes more work to get there. So with that, um, and I know you like to read. Is there a book that that you that hasn't been turned into a film that you would love to see turned into a film? Mm. Oh, man, I don't. I, you know, it's funny because I it's so many books. Um, I remember sending you uh, one of the books uh, by uh, I want to say his name is Jim Burrell. Um, or Tom Burrell, one of the, he's, a, he's an author. I don't know why the name of the book is escaping me. Um, is it Tom Burrell? Brainwashed, that's mm. the book, Brainwashed. Um, now that book, 
kind of changed my perspective on um, his name is Tom Burrell, actually. And it's just, it challenges the, the myth of black inferiority, in a sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just think that that would be, I'm not sure how great of a film it would be, but like documentary style, I think it would be dope. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I mean, you know, we had this delusion that anyone can succeed, if you will. Um, you know, the paradox of progress. Uh, you know, I, I just, I just really would, I would really love to, but I feel like there's so many things in a different way. I think if, if depicted in a different way, this would be a really dope documentary. Mm-hmm. But of course, you always have Black America and people talking about what we do as a society, so on and so forth. But I just think um, you would have to do another twist in order for this, this to be really successful. But yeah, I think Brainwash is a great book. Okay. Um, what's an object that best represents your personality? Wow, that's a good question. <laughs> an object that best represents my um, personality. So a Rubik's Cube comes to mind uh, just because sometimes it's like it's complex, but you know, you kind of have to, like, I'm not. I'm, I have so many different, you know, angles. And so, so to get me, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I'm not just, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm normal <laughs> in so many ways. Um, but I'm thinking of like an object, you know, I think that's such a cop out of Rubik's Cube. Uh, no, no shade to anybody who has ever said that. My bad. Um, but I'm trying to think, um, give me a second. Uh, an object that would really, um, best fit my personality you know what i would probably say um a compass hmm. yeah i would say a compass just because you know um <laughs> i think it's important to have a good moral compass um but but i think a compass you, you know depending on how you or the context in which you're using compass um i think it I think compass best represents my personality, honestly. Um, you know, when you talk about direction and um, staying focused and, uh, you know, a compass is one of those um, items that if you are going in the wrong direction, at least you know that you're going in the wrong direction because it's always, you know, north is always going to point north, south is always going to point south, but a compass, you know, is, is, is your guide. And, and, and I just think, honestly, I'm, I, I have this, this uh, figuratively, I just had this, this, uh, this, this compass always, always wanting to stay focused and keeping important things important and unimportant things unimportant. That's something I just, I, I had to keep on just because you'll get tons of distractions. Um, but if I'm going in a certain direction, I have to, no matter what, it might take me off route. Um, I may go off route in my own recognizance, but like, I know directionally that I'm supposed to be going in that direction. So I'm very self-aware and, and, and I know sometimes even if I'm, I'm, I'm doing some, some far left or far right things, I know no matter what, even in the midst of turmoil, that the direction that I'm supposed to be going. Okay. And then as we wrap up, this is the last question. Um, at the end of the day, um, what do you want to be known for or what do you want to be remembered for? Wow, excuse me. Um, I really want to inspire people. I want to change lives. 
you know, I, I feel like that's so cliche, but I am I am full of life, man. I love people. I love progression uh, of all people. You know what I mean? I love, you know, teachable moments. I love when uh, two very unlike people or personalities can come together and find commonalities. Um, I really want to inspire. Like, I want to, I want to, I want people to say, you know, uh, he changed my life because of something he either said or something he did or a door that he was able to open. You know, the one thing I, I pride uh, myself on is it's really being able to to help. And I always tell my wife, I say, wow, if I, if I could pay the bills and still create a, a good life for my family, but primarily do a job that allows me to help people for the rest of my life, I do it. Hmm. I, I I absolutely do it. Um, I I want to be known for being able to to be a game changer and really, you know, take these initiatives, both the Brothers Brunch and Dope Dads, to a whole nother level where we can increase, you know, um, opportunities for men to get together uh, from of all walks of life, and we can also get brothers to really step up and and know that the definition of a dope dad is not just being this outstanding father but it's making the commitment and really being present you know what i mean being being present because one of the things i walked away with and i and i'll close on this is because you brought up this whole notion of um fences and you know I just feel like as, as culturally we need to be a little more emotionally mature and and we have to constantly use our experiences to grow. But the one thing I learned in that movie is that a lot of people probably will pass judgment on the father, which was played by Denzel Washington. But in so many ways, I felt sorry for him because um, what I didn't walk away with was what, what his relationship was like with his father. Like, like, really digging beyond the layers and really, you know, um, just knowing that this, there was a generational curse there. Um, but, but, but knowing that just because you have a father in a household doesn't necessarily mean that he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I think growing up as an only child and knowing that my father wasn't in the household, my prayer was always, and this is being young minded. My prayer was always like, wow, I just wish I had a dad in the house. But people with fathers in the house will tell you that it's not all that it's cracked up to be. Because just imagine having a father in the house that was a father like the character Denzel played. Yeah. And, and, and while, you know, a lot of people can say that was tough love, a lot of it, he missed, he missed the mark on a lot of things. You know, he missed vital opportunities to really connect with his child because he was so focused on teaching him how to be a quote-unquote man by his standards and his definition. Um, and then you had the woman who would constantly say, times are changing. So I, I end with that, you know, times are changing. And at the end of the day, I want to I want to stay with the times, but I also want to make sure that I'm tapping into the, the past so that adequately I can maneuver into the future. Wow. Well, thank you. You wrapped that up so neat and nicely. Thank you. Um, Again, more information about Kavon, Dope Dads, and Brothers Brunch will be posted along with the podcast episode. Um, thank you, Kavon. Um, 
I'm Thank you. Happy, you're welcome. I'm definitely going to have you uh, back on um, in season two because um, we could just continue this conversation in a lot of different directions. Awesome, awesome. Thank you. Uh Thanks for listening to the Mindful Rebel podcast. If you like the episode, and I'm sure you will, please like, comment, and share. Um, Thanks, and stay tuned for the next exciting episode. Stay connected on your leadership journey with the Mindful Rebel podcast by visiting themindfulrebel.co, following the show on Instagram at Mindful Rebel Podcast, and subscribing to the Mindful Rebel on the iTunes podcast app. Remember, the podcast is for you. So if you have questions about leadership that you want to hear discussed or you're interested in contributing to the show, feel free to share at themindfulrebel.co.